You are listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, a Canadian guide to building dependable wealth. Join your hosts, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe, as they unlock the secrets to creating financial peace of mind in an uncertain world. Discover the strategies and mindsets to a financial future that you can bank on. All right, welcome back to another episode of Wealth Without Bay Street. We're excited today. We are joined by Robert Stone, Mr. Taxes, uh, and he has written a book called The Tax Savings Bible for over 40 years, almost 40 years. He's been saving Canadians taxes left, right, and center. In fact, he had a 14-year boxing career with over 152 bouts. So if you're uh, someone perhaps working for the CRA looking at collecting taxes, you might want to watch out because Mr. Stone <laughs> has hands up. Um, so we are very excited to have him here with us today. He's a very knowledgeable guy, and we're going to talk a little bit about what are some of the best ways that Canadians, some of the perhaps under, under unknown, uh, undiscovered methods that Canadians can find ways to help save some tax. So thanks for joining us today, Robert. We're happy to have you with us. Hi, Richard. Hi, Jason. Thanks for Hi. having us on. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's uh, We're glad that you're with us. And so tell us a little bit more about Mr. Taxes. So talk to us about your organization and the people that you most love to serve. Well, pretty much anybody that pays tax, which is pretty much everybody in Canada for the next 50 years, you know, depending on the airing of this podcast. So uh, with, you know, the way the, the government's spending money, you know, we, we believe our, our mission statement is minimum tax, maximum wealth. And, I like that. You know, if we can minimize your tax down to zero, and it is possible using corporate strategies and insurance strategies, which you guys specialize in. You know all about that. And I'm sure your listeners have listened to all the podcasts, trying to figure out how to put the pieces together. But if you have a J-O-B or a job, stands for just over broke, you're going to pay upwards of 30 to 40% of your lifetime earnings in taxes. So if yeah. you can structure that, one of our basic strategies is you know, try and convert what you do at your day job into a side hustle, convert it into a full-time side hustle. Eventually you incorporate, you know, that's just one strategy. There's all the basic ones that are out there and we cover those in the book and we, we go through all that with all our clients, you know, but the, for the most part, I, I think it's reaching out to a professional and getting that advice at free consultation because nine out of 10 people, as you know, they come in and talk to us. They have no idea that they can do all these things or they think, right. you know, witchcraft or something. They're, you know, and so what are you seeing, you know, in today's environment, what are you seeing as some of the most overlooked ways to save tax, you know, outside of changing a person's structure, are there some frequent things that are coming up for you where, where it's like, wow, you know, it's so many people are just unaware of some of these basic things that we can be doing to save them a lot of tax. Hindsight is twenty twenty. One of them is just speaking to a lawyer and, and setting up a will. You know, who do you want your number one beneficiary to be? The government right. or somebody that you care about? You know, most likely your children. If you have children, if you don't have children, it's the nieces and nephews. You know, if you're Freddie Mercury, it's your cats. But you want your money to go to who you want it to go to. You don't want the government to decide. We had a, a young fellow that came into us about two years ago. He uh, had about a one, thought he was getting a $1.6 million inheritance from his father what the estate was valued at but after CRA got their fingers in the pie and probate taxes and everything else it got tied up in probate um, the father's ex-wife from 20 years prior uh, challenged the will and he ended up with about 1.2 million I mean he was he was ecstatic you know of course he went through all the 
you know, the trauma of losing his father, he moved back from abroad, but now here you are, you know, what could you have done with that 400,000 when it would have taken his father 20 years prior, a couple hundred bucks to sit down with a lawyer and set up the will properly and talk to his advisors where he was just dealing with the banks. That's the difference between dealing with you guys, you know, Richard and Jason, or dealing with the banks. They don't cover all these things when you, when you transfer your money into an RSP, heaven forbid, at the counter, when you, you know, you get a big bonus from work. The first thing the teller does is says, you know, would you love to throw that into a TFSA? Not knowing that your TFSA is already maxed out. So it, it's just learning all of those small little minute things that can cost you nickels and dimes along the way. And talking to a professional doesn't cost a whole lot. I really respect the point that you made around that example where, you know, what could have been done with that 400000 versus being able to address it well before the, you know, uh, the passing of this gentleman and being able to sit down with an attorney and say, hey, here's my overall, an estate planning attorney and, you know, uh, hey, here's my overall circumstance and what are my blind spots? Because people don't know what they don't know. And so somebody could have pointed that out and said, look, when you go with deemed disposition and you're going to trigger a taxable event, that's going to equate to just over 400,000 bucks. And so how do we take care of it? How do we make sure that the money's there to take care of it without taking anything away that you've worked so hard, you know, to accumulate over the years. And so many people just, they just don't know. And the both of you would agree. How many times do you hop onto the Facebooks and you see uh, the GoFundMe uh, posts where sadly a family loses a loved one and somebody has put together a GoFundMe page just to take care of the basic uh, final expenses. And all of that could have been prevented. Really insurance is the original GoFundMe because uh, that's ex- one of the primary things that it does. It, it solves that problem so that you don't need to have all those kinds of things in place. And what's really interesting about that story, Rob, is that you've, you know, you had this young gentleman who came in to, f- to find the discovery of how much got hacked off the top before he received that. And, but if we were to take it even further back and we look at the father passed away, I'm pretty sure that when he was thinking about what would happen when he was gone, he wasn't considering or thinking about, I'm going to go out and work probably really, really hard for 40 some odd years of my life, only to see 400 grand of what I've worked so hard with hard for go to some people I don't care about. And by just being aware of that, by heightening the awareness, well, our brain starts to solve the problem of how we can prevent or how we can solve or what might we do differently today to make some, to make a different reality when we're gone. That's what I love about your podcast, because somebody listening in, they may listen in for the hour, but they get that five minute clip that they rewind and play a couple times. And they say, yeah, that's what the, they were talking about. That's what happened to auntie Sue or you yeah. know, my, my uncle or, you know, the friend's parents. And then it starts to resonate with them. And then all of a sudden they're picking up the phone. We find a lot of times the younger clients, you know, the millennials that are on their phones, Googling and researching all this stuff, they go to their parents and they're the ones that bring their parents in, you know, where a lot of, a lot of us in the financial industry start focusing on the parents, but sometimes, you know, the things are changing. The education level with millennials is through the roof. Absolutely. And, you know, if you think of um, your process, Robert, so could you maybe share with listeners a little bit about how you establish a basis to work with someone and, and what your process is in your business when you're first introduced to a new prospective client? 
Yeah, we, we have the lowest common denominator in the financial industry. We, we call it the McDonald's of the industry. Income tax, you know, H&R uh, Block does a million and a half returns a year. We're at about 25,000, nowhere near them. But you have to do a lot of personal income tax returns to make a living. Right. And, but that's the starting point. That's the lowest common. Everybody has to do it every year. So when now with Canada Revenue, the way that T183 is structured, there's a box to check. If you want to receive your notice of assessment by mail, if you want your accountant to receive it, or if you want to get it online, we tell people do not do it online. Uh, we actually, if you go on our website, it's pre-checked so that we receive the assessment. So once the, re- once the return is assessed, we get them back in to get them a copy of the return, get them a copy of their assessment and sit down and have a chat with them. And it's very, you know, not even a sales chat. It's just an education thing. And we, we call it the five circles of financial planning, but we talk about tax and debt. You know, somebody shouldn't be going out to, to buy a new home if they're in debt. So we, you know, we'll pass them off to somebody who works in, in the debt consolidation industry or, you know, a, a trustee. That's the progression. You know, we call it ground zero. So then somebody young coming in says, well, I want to put money into cryptocurrency. No, well, you can't work with us, you know, or, or one of the advisors we refer you to. You know, you should think about buying your own home. That's our strategy is get out of debt and get into your own home. And right now it's insane in Vancouver, the prices, but you don't have to live in downtown Vancouver. You know, talk to a family member who might be selling a house. You may know a realtor who can watch out for a great deal. I, we believe that that's the number one investment and that's what way we train all our staff. We're not high net worth financial planners. We just work with the average uh, Canadian family. And that's our goal is to get them into their own home. Now they have equity. Now they can start using some of the strategies that you guys talk about. And it's even better if somebody already has their own home and they don't have debt. Now they can step in at the second or third level of the process where you start talking about insurance and investments and estate planning, those types of things. So ours is just really a lowest common denominator, get the taxes squared up, make sure they don't have any balances from the past, make sure there's CRA, there's nothing looming in CRA. And I like that joke, Richard, at the beginning there about the, the boxing career. Our joke around the office is that we had a couple of young guys from the boxing club working with us as well. So we never had a problem with, with collections. That was, <laughs> that was our standing joke. But I like the CRA one better. They probably deserve it more. <laughs> and Florida, Florida, the solar plexes along the way, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A few tax returns, a couple of. Well, I snapped. I lose it. Yeah, bro, Jake. Bro I had Jake. faked him with his notice of assessment. <laughs> I like that one. He, he, he actually came out to a couple of the fights uh, to MC and we got to meet him and hang out with him. And he was gooned after the, you know, by the second or third fight, he had nine sheets to the wind. And he, he had some, some great lines there in the ring. He built, pulled out all the champ jokes and he got involved with amateur boxing in BC for a long time. Oh, Just wow. I didn't know his, that. Lent his name, you know, to come out and MC and, you know, the radio station he was with, et cetera. And he did, they did all that uh, pro bono because it was amateur boxing. And a lot of them are done as fundraisers. And he came out and, you know, helped get some notoriety for the events. So it was, it was a great thing. Hmm. And That's awesome. let's shift yeah. gears. Let's talk about the book. What inspired you to write the book? Now, the book we're talking about is the Tax Savings Bible. And so what inspired you to write it? Yeah, it's the Ten Commandments of Tax Savings is the tagline. It, 
you know, it was a, a couple of things that really everybody says you need a book when you're starting business. And, you know, really things really started taking off for us in about 2014. But a friend of mine said, hey, you, you were thinking you were talking about a book there last year, or the year before. This is 2013, 2014. And so we went out to this book writing seminar, free seminar. And at the end, they try and sign you up for their package. And I wasn't really into it. Like I wasn't into seminars back then or, you know, learning the, the, the whole learning thing. So I went out with him, spent the day at the seminar and they had a lunch, free lunch. And, you know, I, I pretty much went for the lunch. That's why I was there. <laughs> but in the afternoon, we had to come up with a concept for a book. And of course, tax is really what I do. You know, after my injury in 96, I went from framing houses to sitting at a desk doing basic bookkeeping. And that's kind of where I got started. So I'm thinking, what else can I write about but tax? And then they had this little exercise, you know, about an hour in groups, come up with a name. And the only name I came up with was through this exercise was the tax saving Bible. And she came around and she looked at the board. I had it up and she says, where's all your other options or choices? I said, that's all I could come up with. She goes, well, that name really won't work. And if you know me, that's, yeah, I'm going to use that name. If you tell me it ain't going to work. So it sat for about two years in, in a little pile of notes and then finally got around to it, you know, got some resources together, went out and actually hired a publisher rather than getting paid for the book. But the book, our plan with the book is to um, give it away as a lost leader. Mm -hmm. And we have 10, uh, 10 chapters inside in different areas of finance where we brought in specialists to talk. And in each chapter, they talk about their top charity and the, the, or their charity of choice as a tax strategy. And the plan is the proceeds, 100% of the net proceeds from the book go to those 10 charities. But the nice thing about the book is next year, we can come out with the 2021 version or the That's 2022 right. version and bring in 10 new contributors and you know really try and give back. The book isn't meant to be um, a revenue generating book. It's really meant to share those secrets so we can you know, educate Canadians, which is what you're doing on your podcast is what, you know, everybody across the country around the world's doing educating in their field of expertise, but the book came out long before podcasts. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, uh, for our listeners and viewers, the book that we're talking about is the tax saving Bible. And we'll make sure that we include a link uh, where people can get a copy of that book and Thank you for being so generous uh, with that and for supporting charitable organizations. I mean, uh, every dollar helps and uh, it's a great way to go about doing that. Um, net yeah, proceeds Bill, of the book. Bill Vanderzam wrote uh, chapter 13. I said, well, I got to have a chapter 13 for good luck. And they actually reached out to us. Bill Vanderzam, the former prem premier who had the HST revoked. So the chapter is actually about revoking the Income Tax Act. Wow. So Vanderzam actually wrote the, the chapter and the preface to the book as well. But he said, I won't take on the battle, but here's how you get legislation recalled step by step. And he said, if somebody wants to take it on, and I thought about taking on CRA, but we had a dispute with uh, the Law Society of BC a couple of years ago and the wrong people to take on. That's Choose <laughs> 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 your battles. Very true. That's a good Very way true. to go in, uh, uh, smash your head against a brick wall, uh, repeatedly. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and so 
go ahead, Rich. I, I'd love to, you know, thinking about the book and, and, you know, updated versions, you mentioned, you know, the 2021 version, that sort of thing. What's what I'm curious about, and I think our listeners would love to hear is because we are in some unprecedented times at the time of this recording, we just are recently getting a, finally a budget uh, being released um, <laughs> uh, that is, uh, that's coming on, on tap. And, you know, what are some things uh, to be aware of? What are some, maybe some blind spots that are coming up that Canadians, you know, either individually or corporately should kind of be mindful of as we step into some of the new territory with all the, all the spending that's been going on because of, uh, you know, the, the, the pandemic and, and, you know, money's kind of been willy nilly being tossed out. What are some things that you guys are seeing that, you know, people need to be really mindful of and prepared for? Well, they're calling it a budget, but it's more like a shopping spree to save face and try and get reelected. I grew up in Ottawa with three levels of government and growing up, you know, my parents, grandparents were always reading the newspapers. You watch the news, it's on. Nothing about anything else but politics. And you hear them and you hear the family members griping about, well, so-and-so got elected again and they, they haven't followed up on any of their promises. So for that reason, I've actually never voted. And I won't waste my time to spend an hour to go out and vote. I, I never will. It's just my, you know, personal policy. And uh, with the budget, though, Richard, is they've talked about a lot of things that were not in there. They've talked, they've been talking about um, eliminating the capital gains exemption on properties or calling it a levy. So it's not a tax. It's a levy on properties, right? Personally owned properties or your primary residence. So that one would be massive. You know, a lot of people, and that's, you know, I know your strategies involve, you know, your primary residence and structuring the estate around that. People have built their lives and their livelihood around their own home. You know, they that's financed right. their children's education through their home. They bought their first brand new car. You know, nobody, you know, mom never had a, a brand new car with, you know, the fresh smelling leather seats. And that's all done with your home, you know, for 90% of Canadians. And we're not talking about the top 10 to 15%. This is the average Canadian who works their life to pay for their home so they can have that retirement, you know, that you grow your equity in your home. And then when you retire, you downsize and use the equity to finance your retirement. They're talking about eliminating that. And, yeah, and taxing it. And it's, you know, that's the uh, taxpayers federation that has been putting out a lot of uh, reaching out a lot more in the past six months. You know, I think that's the main one. Uh, other ones are, you know, increase or sorry, decreasing the uh, CPP age. Sorry, increasing it, you know, to 67 and then now maybe to 70, 75. So now we got to work, what, another three years, another five years when, you know, everybody in our age demographic has been planning on X date. That's my retirement date. But now the yard line moves again. Yeah. And these, these are all based upon the spending that's going on. You know, if somebody spent money like that in, in, in the private sector, they'd be out of a job or the company would be bankrupt in four months. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the primary differences that we see in just this, you know, this reckless, reckless amount of, of spending. And it's, um, you know, it reminds me of something that R. Nelson Nash uh, used to say, you know, um, Richard, on, you know, quite often, and he, he would remind us that wherever wealth resides, someone will try to steal it. And so look no further than the abundance of equity in hardworking, tax 
tax infuriated can Canadians. I haven't, I haven't sat down with a single Canadian yet who has said, I really don't feel like I'm taxed enough. Like it's, it's really bothering me. I need to reach out to my MP and talk about being taxed more. People are sick and tired of it. And then to have some government bureaucrat talk about accessing your home equity. Uh, I, I think that it's really getting out of hand. Well, the, the groundwork for that was laid, you know, a few years, years ago when the, the current administration came into power and they, they made it so that every property sold had to be reported on the tax return, including the primary residence. And there was a, it was a big to do about that. There was a lot of discussion. It made a lot of headlines because the talk was, that's the first step. That's the first impetus to eventually do that. Oh, no, 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 no. We're never, no, we're not going to tax your home equity. No one's going to do that. But it's exactly the, 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 the smoke and mirrors environment, Robert, that you identified. It's well, yeah, it's not a tax, it's a levy. So it's just a way to, you know, hide and manipulate things a little bit. And going back to what Jason said, you know, our, our mentor, Nelson Nash, he says in his book that he talks about the uh, a famous bank robber, Willie Sutton. And Willie, they kept catching Willie from robbing banks. They put him in jail. They, he, he just got to know everybody. He would be in his jail say He knew the sheriff. He knew everybody. Like, Willie, why do you keep doing this, man? We catch you all the time. Like, why do you keep doing this? He's like, well, that's where they keep all the money. <laughs> so, you know, you know, you, you get Canadian stockpiling capital in a location and sooner or later, there's going to, someone's going to try to reach out to get it because the money's got to come from someplace and it's just an accounting. It's just a check and balances situation where, how do we level out the ledger? It's got to be done somewhere. And, and it's, they're just doing it out over a time frame where people can't see it happening. And it's uh you know, it's kind of the boiled frog theory. How do you, how do you boil a frog? Well, you slowly turn that heat up a little bit at a time. Yeah, like, I mean, you you must, some days, Robert, I mean, you must just go home and just, like, scream into a pillow. Like, uh, I don't know how you deal with all this tax-related stuff all day long and probably just find yourself sometimes just shaking your head going, my goodness, I can't believe how much money is being taken, you know, from so many hardworking Canadians. We did a a case study in class once and we said, well, if we, we leveraged a loan from the Middle East, you know, some Arabian country and financed every Canadian so that they could max out their RSP contribution room. I think it was you know, $12.6 billion. We did the math based on the average uh, contribution room on a notice of assessment for back then, I think it was 24 million tax returns. So we had all the paperwork, the loan agreements all set up. And if we had have executed it, the CRA would have gone into default because nobody would have paid any tax that year. But because of the amount of the deficit, we could have got the country for about 15 to 20 cents on the dollar because of the amount of debt. Right. So if you can, you know, and you use that strategy, I know in your everyday practices, you know, you got to pay off the bad debt, use good debt to pay off the, the bad debt. So we did a little study and did a little research on Google. Uh, we're still looking for somebody to finance that loan. <laughs> well, if any of our listeners uh, can yeah. stroke, stroke a check for <laughs> that amount of money, um, give us a call. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Bezos, want to buy a country? We got the paperwork already. <laughs> Be careful. You just might do that. <laughs> um, uh, that's wonderful. Now you have, uh, uh, you know, these, these new budgetary changes and, and you have, you know, it sounds like you're working primarily a lot with the, 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 the day-to-day Canadian individual, but I'm guessing you also do have a number of corporate clients, small business owners, the backbone of the Canadian economy. 
when when you think about working with the the business professionals that you you have, what are some of the I guess uh, on uh, what what are some of the small areas where you know often they're just unaware of that you're now able to educate them where they can start to take some advantages on taxes throughout a lifespan versus maybe just on the yearly basis, but really over more of an aggregated time frame. What what comes up for you when you think about that? When you look long term, it's like you know you look at somebody's estate. Well, with the business, it's it's not necessarily the estate because. A lot of times somebody wants to sell the business before they die. They want that money out or they, they finance the sale of the business over time. The biggest thing, again, is tax. The biggest erosion to the wealth on the growth of their company over 10, 20, 30, 40 years is the tax. And it's not the tax they pay along the way. It's that hidden one at the end, the capital gains tax. We just had a fella sold a, a big pub in Surrey. It was uh, around $2 million dollars. It was on the books for $100 in share capital. So now you have a million-dollar gain with $460,000 in tax. Now, what can he do? There are some things that you can do retroactively, but it's hard to unring the bell. That's right. You can structure some of the sale as equipment sale and, and then you know trade in the, the losses on or the amortization on the sale. But when he came in, we're looking at $460,000 in tax. It's a big bill. Yeah. And, that's and Revenue Canada doesn't accept any substitutes for money. No, we can't print it, can we? The funny so, one was uh, when, I, when I moved from Ottawa in 90, 1996, they just came out with the radar cameras. And some fella, it was on the front page of the Ottawa Citizen. And some big business guy had got a ticket and, and uh, he put a picture of the ticket on a, on a table and he put a picture Five, the, t- the ticket was 100 bucks. So he put a, t- a picture of five $20 bills and he sent them the picture. <laughs> you send me a picture of my car, I'm going to send you a picture of five $20 bills. And, and it was, you know, there was all kinds of stuff going on with those photo radar cameras, you know, when yeah. they first came out. You know, one of the politicians got caught with somebody driving with somebody in the front seat and they got caught on camera. It wasn't his wife. Um, you know, my son sent me one a couple of weeks ago. It was a pigeon flew in front of the camera. So there's a picture of the car and the license plate. It's got a pigeon right in front of it. And he said the driver's new favorite bird or something. It was <laughs> it blocked out the license plate. But there, there's government again, you know, with the tax grabs, with the red light count, anything they can to subsidize their retirement. We're talking about the government now. You know, it's any anything they can do to to not have to go out and work in the real world to subsidize their retirement fund where, you know, like you said, we're in the middle of the pandemic here, maybe not even in the middle. This may just be the beginning of it where everyday Canadians, you know, at one point there, I think we're up over a million people out of work. Yeah. One of the, one of the things you can do is take advantage of all the government funding, you know, for businesses, we, we did our own webinar, uh, a couple weeks back, and we did them regularly. Sorry, a couple months back, we've been doing them for four months now, helping uh, businesses apply for the SIVA loan, helping them, you know, get their companies reinstated if their companies, that quite a few had their companies closed down. We said, hey, reinstate it with the corporate registry. We talked to CRA. They said, yeah, as long as it's reinstated properly through the you know the proper format here in BC, and with the personal, uh, with the CERB and CRB money, take full advantage of it. Don't think that you shouldn't take that money because that's what it's there for. You've right. paid into it your whole life. 
And that's one of the things we're doing. We were doing that right up till tax season and still doing it throughout tax season. And now they've extended almost all of the grants and all of the loans till June. So the SIVA loan in BC, the Small Business BC Recovery Grant, Launch Online BC, there's about a dozen here, that almost every business is entitled to at least a couple of them. So reach out you know, to your account and reach out to us if you like. Uh, we'll help navigate through it. And that's, that's something we've been doing on the side as well. It's probably one of the uh, only opportunities for a lot of Canadians to get some of the tax that they've paid throughout a lifetime back in a usable format, really. Yeah, there's no refund policy on tax. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. Well, Robert, we, uh, we, we love this. We appreciate you sharing some of this wisdom, talking about your book, talking about some of the ways that uh, Canadians need to be mindful about how their money is uh, walking out the door to someone who hasn't proven to be a very good steward of it. And, um, you know, one of the questions we like to ask uh, folks who join us on our podcast and are able to, to share and impart some wisdom with our listeners is, uh, you know, you may not think of yourself as a hero. You Not all heroes wear capes, of course. Certainly not most accountants do. Uh, it would be quite entertaining to see that, actually. Yeah, it might be something to consider. Uh, but when, when you're helping Canadians uh, follow through with your mission, helping them save on tax, and you're doing that day in and day out, you are be, being a hero to others. So we would love to know, and if you could share with our listeners, who would you most like to be a hero to? Wow, that's... Uh... That's a deep question. Who would I most like to be a hero to? I, I, you know, I think my grandparents, if they were still here, uh, my grandfather would get up at 4.30 on uh, weekends to take me an hour outside of Ottawa to practice on the outdoor rink. And my grandmother was up before him helping prepare snacks and lunches. Um, I don't know why we drove an hour to go to an outdoor hockey rink to practice when there was one a couple blocks away, but I think it was because of the noise that was in the city. We had to drive outside the city because we made a lot of noise with the pucks against the boards. And it was my grandparents doing income tax at the kitchen table growing up. You know, and uh, when they passed away, uh, one of the things I regret is, you know, that we never told each other that we loved each other. Mm. You know, it was something that I, I that really... Uh, weighed heavy on me for a long time you know I've got over it and but you know all the things that they did you know with my single mother growing up with you know a couple of brothers and two sisters and you know all the stuff they did if you know I could go back so that they didn't have to work in their retirement you know they were working part-time my grandfather was making knock-up furniture in the summers doing income tax returns in the spring that's where I kind of you know got my feet wet doing it so I wasn't averse to it. I, I went into the trades instead, but fell back into the, the business. And, uh, you know, if I could go back and do something for them, you know, we did, we did lots. We helped cut the grass every week. We helped them fix, you know, patch up the, the roof and all those little things we did. But, you know, looking back, they were working in retirement almost right up to the, the time they passed away in their 80s, doing something to help make ends meet so they could give something to their grandkids so they could you know, fix the house up. So they, they didn't get the house repossessed or foreclosed on by CRA. And those are things you don't think about growing up, but, you know, helping, helping your parents retire. And we just uh, helped my mother retire into her place. So that's, you know, something we're able to do now. So it's something that, yeah, if I could be a hero, it would be my, my grandparents. Wow. I really love that message. And, you know, there's people listening in who I'm sure have similar stories to that. And, there's, there's young people listening in as we are on YouTube, a lot of people young on YouTube 
And if they're thinking about your story and how that might relate to their own family members, their, their grandparents who are still with them, recognize that maybe there's an opportunity there and how you can help and serve taking, you know, Robert's message uh, with that. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Awesome. And you know, the, the advice for everybody listening is reach out and talk to Richard and Jason. I mean, these guys know what they're talking about. We, we didn't know each other before the podcast or leading up to the podcast, but I've watched videos and see what you guys are doing. And it's, it's great to see guys at a higher level, at that level, reaching out to average Canadians. You know, a lot of advisors out there that use those strategies, just use them on high net worth individuals. But the average Canadian can practice all of these strategies. You know, the insurance oh. strategy, banking on yourself, engaging a tax preparer, it's not a lot of money. Uh, and it costs nothing to hire you guys, I don't think. Nope. Right? The, you know, the product providers, uh, we, we always say that we're the lowest common denominator, but the, the most it's going to cost you working with us is paying for your tax return. So there you go. if you're looking for a real cheap date, Richard and Jason are the, the way to go, <laughs> right? Yeah, thank, well, it, just, just, and just like our podcast is free, I mean, you can put it on your credit card. <laughs> there you go. Hey, this is free. Great. Let me is put there it payment plans? <laughs> Are there payment plans? Yeah. Yeah. It's a 12 month payment plan. All you got to do is read a chapter of one book. <laughs> yeah. One easy payment up front. Yeah. <laughs> well, Robert, thank you sincerely for being generous with your time and for joining us. And for all of our viewers on the YouTubes, if you just look right up here, you're going to see a, a playlist of recommended videos. We encourage you to continue your journey of learning make sure that you get your hands on a copy of the tax saving Bible. We are going to include a link there. And uh, Robert as well has provided us with his coordinates on social media so that you can connect with him. You can follow him. And uh, again, we sincerely appreciate you, Robert. Thanks uh, for joining us on wealth without Bay street to all our listeners on the podcast. Make sure that you subscribe. We have great new content coming out every single week. And we just appreciate you all so much. So have a fantastic rest of your day. Hug your loved ones. And we look forward to seeing you on another episode real soon. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, where your wealth matters. Be sure to check out our social media channels for more great content. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and be sure to rate the show. We definitely appreciate it. And don't forget to share this episode with someone you care about. Join us on the next episode where we continue to uncover the financial tools, strategies, and the mindsets that maximize your wealth.